The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, I have a very special guest, Claire Zamet, who is the co-creator of the Feminine Power Courses for Women. She is the co-founder of an organization called Evolving Wisdom, a transformative education company, which actually is listed as number 83 in Inc. Magazine's 2013 list of top 500 fastest growing privately held companies in the nation. That's really awesome. Uh, Claire is co-creator and co-host of a, a teleseries called Women on the Edge of Evolution, and she's writing a book called Feminine Power, Awakening to the Creative Force of Life. Claire, welcome to Leading Conversation. Thank you, Cheryl. Really excited to be here. I've been tracking your work in this series uh, for some time. It's uh, just uh, such a wonderful place for dialogue and uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Well, likewise. You sound like you've been a very busy woman here. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Well, I, you know, I think it's just part of the, the time that we're living in. I think all of us here, uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're participating in so many things and we have so many multiple streams going on at once. I don't think I know anyone who's not really busy. So. Isn't yeah. that the truth? Well, and that, you know, that I, I think we need to talk about that a little bit, too, um, later in the show about, you know, how we actually achieve what we want to achieve while we're running so fast. Yeah. But before we get there, um, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, you know, you have a, a very interesting background, and you are um, relatively young to be to have a company as, as powerful and as successful as this. And um, I'm curious about where you grew up and, you know, you know what your childhood was like. Mm. Oh, what a, what, a, what a lovely question to, to step back and, and reflect upon. Um, you know, I grew up in Australia. And, uh, but my father was Maltese, always Maltese, you know, from Europe. And, uh, so we traveled a lot as I was growing up. And you know, they'd love to travel. So, um, they would do things like every seven years, sell everything we own and move to the other side of the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> and. Just for fun. <laughs> Just for fun. And, and I, I think I missed about four years of traditional schooling. Um, you know, the only uh, kind of long-term consequences that I can't spell, but luckily I married my husband, <laughs> who was the spelling bee champion of his <laughs> well, there uh, school. Go. So <laughs> really comes in handy. There's really, <laughs> between spell check and my husband, I'm covered, but... 
Um, but it was uh, it was really uh, an amazing experience as a young person to be able to see the world. And they would, you know, organize these trips like we go to you know, communist China. We go kind of like you know into the the you know old part of China, and then kind of juxtaposed with going to America you know, on, on that same trip. And uh, so it was a wonderful opportunity. You know, they just had a passion for you know understanding the world and you know being of, of service and, and making a contribution. And there was always that sense uh, as I was growing up of encouragement and support. To you know, kind of pursue higher education, development, contribution, um, you know, from a global perspective, and you know, so I, I think it was it was probably you know the you know the, the seeds of of that that were planted you know all through my childhood that gave me the confidence in my mid twenties to leave Australia, which was my kind of primary home, and. Um, and travel to America, actually leave and move to America, where I, I found a, a graduate program I was really drawn to that, you know, felt like or, 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 you know, what, what I really wanted to do. And, um, and that's really kind of what, you know, had me be on my way. And I think if I look back at everything that's unfolded, it's just been a following of the inquiry, a mm. following of what I've been really curious to understand and to learn and to discover, um, as opposed to anything that I really planned. So, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, most kids don't get that kind of encouragement. Most children are really, um, conscripted to conform and go to school and learn what you're supposed to learn and, um, don't get too curious about the world because it's a little dangerous. And it's really interesting to hear that in your background is this sense of all things are possible, right? Right. Yeah, very much so. And, um, and, and not, and yeah, and, and so, yeah, possible and, you know, that, that, you know, there's an opportunity that you have to contribute. I think that was really mm. something that was, you know, very much instilled in um, in the perspective of, of privilege, you know, of kind of understanding yeah. the kind of privileged situation through which I entered the world, um, that, you know, there was a kind of expectation to... <laughs> To, to to be of service to others, to, you know, mm. that there was a purpose for life beyond just self-fulfillment mm. and, you know, to be thinking about, you know, kind of to have that as a reference point about how you could really contribute and serve other people. Mm. Well, and so was there um, not only the possibility, but was there an expectation that you would do something shall we call it, significant in the world, something that really would make a difference? Yeah, you know, I think it wasn't, you know, I, I, I don't feel like it was like a pressure, but I, I think it mm. was kind of like the values of like, well, you know, this is really where you're going to find meaning and fulfillment. Mm. And it's, yeah. it's completely up to you what you do, but... Yeah, yeah. And we will support you whatever you do, but... You know, if you if you get related to the context, it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to, <laughs> <laughs> to 
you know, kind of not be thinking in those terms. I think that's more what it was like. Yeah. Well, you know, as I look at the work you're in, and though it is focused on the feminine and um, and applies to a lot of women and men too, um, what I see in this is that you are a real teacher. You, know, you are a teacher uh, of real depth, mm-hmm. and it is um, interesting to me how you have, in this sense of being curious about kind of how we evolve in the world, um, you are teaching something that, you know, some people have clear understanding of other people are not sure why this even matters. You know, the whole issue of masculine feminine energy, um, you know, is as you as I'm sure you have heard from different people, um, powerful on one hand, um, why does it matter on the other hand? And so um what is it about this that caught your attention that made you know this was something that you really wanted to dive into? Yeah, well, um, that's such a great question. You know, I'm the last person in the world I would ever have thought or imagined would be teaching about the feminine feminine power. Now, I, I really didn't identify as being feminine. I thought that expressing a lot of feminine qualities and femininity was weak, in fact, um, you know, it wasn't just me that thought that in, in the thesaurus the until 2010. You know, the word feminine was a synonym for the word weak. And <laughs> I know, isn't that wild? And, and the word masculine was a synonym for power until 2010. And, and I think that that speaks to the lived experience that so many of us had. I mean, I was wanting to be a powerful person. And I thought these qualities were, you know, would actually make me weak and ineffective. I mean, so much so from a young age. I wore pants to my prom, Cheryl, you know, because I didn't want to be a girly girl. So there. (laughs) I was a high achiever. I could make it happen. You know, I wasn't a tomboy, but I was, like, wanting to be this self-possessed, powerful person. But, you know, I could make a lot happen. And and when I got to my mid-20s, I... I had a very confusing and painful experience, which was I'd I'd achieved a lot of things externally, but internally I felt really depressed and unfulfilled and alone. And it was a a, a very strange paradox to kind of, on the one hand, be very powerful and on the other hand, feel so under-realized and under-actualized and under-expressed. So I got really curious about this experience and really you know, made a commitment to find out what it was and what, what you know, how to how to cure it, so to speak. And that, you know, was part of what led me on my path to let go of one career and, and follow the, the calling to, um, to leave Australia and go to America. And I met my uh, teaching partner, Catherine Wibu Thomas, and she and I began to compare notes. And she was having the same experience of, on the one hand, she had a best-selling book, and she had a successful private practice, but she was having a lot of these symptoms. And the women that we were coaching and serving and supporting also were having these symptoms. And I think it was a day, you know, there was one woman who was this beautiful 
um, beautiful blonde rocket scientist, I'm not kidding, was <laughs> sitting in our office who was basically saying, you know, I, I just, I, and she was saying she had all of these same symptoms, you know, feeling these outer markers of success. And then she was like, I wonder if, you know, maybe just leaving my career and, you know, going and getting married and raising children, like if that, you know, I think that's what I'm, I need to do because I need, there's something lost that I'm missing. So it was like, wow, we're all having this experience of, 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 of a lack of, of the paradox of, you know, our success as women. And so we, we decided to host a class and brought together the women in our community to explore masculine and feminine energies. And we put this list up on the board of kind of masculine qualities and feminine qualities. And right there on the first night of class, there was this um, woman, short brown hair in her kind of mid-40s, who was from uh, a former stockbroker from Wall Street, moved out to Los Angeles. She said, I'm so drawn to these feminine qualities, but I feel like if I let myself express them, I'm going to totally lose my power. And it just dawned on me, like, wow, you know, we've been cultivating a masculine power system over the last 50 years. And, it, you know, it's been a very intelligent move on our behalf to adopt the power system that has existed in the world. And it's given us access to create, you know, a certain kind of things, you know, things that are predictable and controllable that you can you know, create a, a linear step-by-step plan to execute. If you want to get a college degree, if you want to build a house, you have a goal, you break it into steps, you execute the plan, you muscle through, you make right. it happen, right? So it's, it's a great mm-hmm. power system for a lot of things, and we've accomplished a lot, but... The, the, the paradox is that right now, you know, particularly women, we're yearning for for so many things that you can't create with that kind of a power system. You know, we're yearning for higher creative self-expression, spiritual actualization. We want to be catalysts of the higher potentials of our communities, of our families. We want to experience a, a, a sense of being seen and known and, and a kind of deep intimacy and connection. We want to create belonging. We want to not just have power in the world as it is. We want to shape the world that could be. And for that, we need a, a system of power that is inclusive of and integrates these values, these ways of knowing these feminine qualities. And so I got really curious in that first night of class, what would it be? to actually source power, to, to create a power system that's based on these feminine principles. And so we just began to experiment, and it was, it was unbelievable what began to happen. Now, very quickly, I kind of began to break through internal barriers that, that, that I hadn't been able to get past in all of my spiritual and psychological work. I began to get access to a deeper kind of intuition and wisdom and really line up with the, the larger currents of my life. I began to kind of like things began to to flow. And I met my now husband, Craig, you know, through so many of the, the ripples of the breakthroughs that happened with feminine power. You know, I, I, I created the, the organization Evolving Wisdom uh, with Craig and, you know, the, the work, it wasn't just impacting us. It, it began to really spread like wildfire in the women who were in the circle. And, we began, you know, we outgrew our space and 
we outgrew lots of different local venues and pretty soon mm-hmm. launched online and we've now had had thousands of women through our program and uh it's really exciting and you know i I've really become convinced that to to not just accomplish you know, uh, to, not just to accomplish goals, but to to actualize these higher potentials that we're yearning for. We need to know how to create with this system of power, and I'm so passionate about sharing it with every woman that I meet. Mm. Well, and so you know, as you say this, um, part of what we hear and you know I see is that often women move toward learning about the feminine quality, kind of bond around this whole concept, and do it in isolation. Right. Um, but does not include men. And, and I know that what you're talking about in terms of the feminine quality is not gender-specific. However, it does tend to show up that way in the world, and um, and so you know, how do you how do you reconcile that challenge of of being able to uh, understand how this relates to our our partnerships with men? Well, that and you know, it, it's not just about teaching women how to bring this these feminine qualities forward in order to be successful. It's really, um, you know, about how to help the feminine integrate into how things are, how we in the world, men and women, right? Yeah. And so, but this this, um, tendency of the conversation to be held by women more so than by men and women. Um, you know, what, how, what do you do about that? Well, I think there's a way. I think there's a way that, you know, there really are differences between men and women, and you can argue it as being, you know, a result of our biology or a result of our history. But either way, you know, if you just take it purely on a historical level, you know, men and women have had very different roles in society so far up until now mm-hmm. for most of human history. And so there's a there's a certain, you know, organic set of skills and capacities that are much more natural for women than they are for men. You know, it, it it's actually been a fascinating thing meeting my husband who is the most similar person to me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of our mind and our orientation and our values and the frameworks through which we think. And I notice how our different perspectives are really influenced <laughs> you know, through the lens of gender. And there are things as a woman mm-hmm. I notice and things as a man he notices that are just a function of our natural orientations through our gender. So, yeah. so I think that, that, that women have an advantage in many ways, in being able to embody and express and create and bring these qualities forth as a result of the thousands of years of momentum in our history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that, you know, I, I, love, I love working with men, and yet, you know, I've created this learning community of women because I found that, 
you know, it's just for a developmental stage for us to be able to come together and re- recognize and see see our own experience reflected in one another. Um, it enables us to make it conscious in a way that really accelerates our ability to break through because we think we think it's our own fault mm-hmm. and our own failure that we haven't been able to bring all of the pieces of our life together. Mm-hmm. You know? And what happens in our courses is that women see their own stories mirrored and reflected back to them by the mm-hmm. other women. It's like, and it's this big, oh, wow, like this is something we're all in together. Mm-hmm. This is not just my failure. Yeah. This is not just my challenge. And, you know, we actually need support and, and deep safety to be able to take the risk to forge these new structures and break free of old patterns. Mm-hmm. And so for a period of time, I think it's really helpful for women to have groups that are contained by other women um, to be able to go through that developmental process in service to mm-hmm. really going out in the world into a full partnership with men and, you know, creating the future together. Um, does that so I want yeah, us that, to yeah. dive into this even more um, and talk about um, kind of your experiences with the men who have... Um, learned about what you're doing. So we're going to take a break first and we'll be right back with Claire Zammett. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito and my very special guest today, Claire Zamet. So, Claire, we were talking about um, kind of your journey to where you are today as one of the top transformation education leaders in the country and perhaps around the world. And your focus is around creating um, the feminine power, right? And and we started talking a bit about um, gender perspectives and and the energetic perspectives of the feminine and masculine energies. Um, you know, I I hear a lot from people that um, yes, indeed, we need to create strong. Uh, successful women, and how do we do that when they are off talking about all of this all by themselves? I actually hear this from men who say, you know, you have to teach me because if I'm part of the problem, I don't know what to do. Um, And so how do you address something like that? Wow. Um, Well, gosh, you know, it's... it's, uh... I don't know. <laughs> I don't really I don't really have as much insight into, you know, what men's deepest um challenges are right now and how to support them to integrate this. It hasn't really been an area of focus. Um the one thing that I do know that I think is a helpful context, you know, my husband led a dialogue series a couple of years ago called The Way of the Evolutionary Man and he interviewed a lot of different men, and one of the interviews was with Warren Farrell, and where Warren was really talking about how, you know, men haven't been through the same liberation that women have in that they're not socially free to do, be anything that they want. You know, for, for men, there's still things in the culture where there's a loss of status if you are, for example, pursuing your kind of spiritual and artistic calling as opposed to achieving success in the world. Mm. Now, I think women are at a very unique moment whereby there really is the freedom to have a big career or not. And there's, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's many ways, you know, he was really pointing to the momentum that women have that really have them ripe in so many ways to be exploring their higher actualization. So you know, he was really talking about to create the conditions where men are as free to do so, that there does need to be, you know, that, there, that, that, that men, you know, really the men's movement needs to, that men need to come together to be in a larger conversation about, you know, kind of men's role in shaping the future of society and culture. And I think that that, you know, from what I've, I've read and kind of learned that, that that is, you know, that that is a conversation for men to come together and lead. And mm. so I think that that's part of the challenge is that, you know, we can, we can, you know, support men to do this kind of work, you know, but it's in a context where there's still so much judgment and, you know, not the kind of life conditions or social conditions that really support 
men to, um, you know, to pursue these things. You know, it was, uh, mm-hmm. I remember talking to John Gray, <laughs> our friend John, Cheryl, um, and, yeah. uh, one time, and he was saying, you know, women complain all the time that men aren't interested in relationships. You know, they go to the bookstore and, you know, there's no men reading the relationship books. But John said, oh, yes, they are. They just, you know, find their answers in the finance section. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the, where they get the information that's the keys for them to have good relationships it's buying books on finance oh interesting you know and I thought wow that's actually really you know fascinating and I think it's really true I mean how you know there, it's still a thing I even think about about so, you know the, the women that I know and kind of meet in our community and you know I, I still don't think it's 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 something that everybody's entirely comfortable with if men are not earning as much money or, you know, are just pursuing mm-hmm. their spiritual path or, you know, their calling because I think that, you know, the, the, the path of higher creative and spiritual actualization, you know, often requires us to let go of things in the known. And, you know, I think, it, I think that, you know, it is harder in many ways for, with those old structures about men's roles in society um, to be able to do that. So that's just a broader frame, I think, about, you know, the larger picture I, I see, you know, really does need to be addressed in in uh, a men's movement, so to speak, for, you know, we I think we have to. We're still in a process of being a generation in transition mm. where we need to, you know, really redefine our roles um, as partners in creating the future. And mm-hmm. and so I think that's something that we can work together to support. I think there is a way that women can, you know, support and reflect on, you know, well, what have been mm-hmm. the benefits of men, you know, men's roles being the ones to kind of take a lot of responsibility and bear a lot of financial responsibility for the family and for protecting the home. You know, it's like what would it be for us to share a lot of these responsibilities and roles? And for women, you know, to be willing to be, you know, dating men and partnering with men who are less financially successful than Mm -hmm. them, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of things that women can do to support this kind of transition and question our own assumptions and and about our expectations for, you know, men's roles that, that will support the kind of freedom that would enable you know, a, a, a more emotionally connected, introspective, mm-hmm. feminine, you know, the integration of those qualities happen, you know, in a context that's supported mm-hmm. in that way. Well, yeah. So, you know, part of the whole feminist movement that started, well, really started back in the 50s, but, you know, started being active in the 60s and then, you know, continued to evolve and, until we are where we are today. And um, so much so, it was actually very successful. And young women today have uh, very little concept that there was a struggle to get to um, the freedoms that they enjoy and the opportunities and the choices that they enjoy in their lives today, um, which, you know, I mean, in some ways is, is as it should be, right? It should become so much the norm that, yeah. that it's not, it doesn't feel like something so different. And um, I, I wonder um, about kind of where it goes now, right? Um, the fact that you are spending 
this kind of time and energy, creating a whole business out of it, um, says a lot about the desire to continue to evolve the path to shape, um, you know, what's possible. Uh, And, you know, I I find it interesting that um, you say that, you know, men really don't have the same choices when the whole women's movement started around women don't have the choices men have. And so, you know, and as it evolved, um, there were some some real downfalls because women were given choices then, laws were changed, women were given access to roles in organizations that they had never been given in business, and yet what we saw was that it was women trying to act like men in those roles. And so once again, it was a very unsatisfying place to be as a woman. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's, I think that there's stages of development. So I think, you know, I, I really bow to those women who were the pioneers in pushing past and breaking the boundaries. And I think in many ways they didn't really have any other choice but to step in and emulate the values and the way of orienting to be taken seriously because, I mean, you know, till 2010, <laughs> feminine <laughs> was a synonym for weak. I mean, it's so deep yes, in our yes, culture yes. in how we see and we perceive that the, the dominant power system in the world mm. is one mm. where... These masculine values of kind of hardness, control, logical, Mm. linear thinking, you know, rationality, all of these things are where it's perceived that, you know, when you express these qualities, you're perceived as powerful. And so to level the playing field, it makes complete sense that women would go there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I really, I, I bow deeply to appreciate all of the women who really stepped in and kind of went into an inorganic power center in many ways and expressed a lot of these qualities at at the cost of their own connection to themselves, their own sense of well-being, you know, and the extraordinary service that was. And I think, you know, we're we're all feeling the limits of just being in that system, you know, at this time. And, And that, you know, even... You know, in, even men are feeling the limits. You know, I think it's it's really the way the world is now changing and the workplace is changing um, and our goals are really changing where, you know, we're not, we're, we're dealing with, you know, always creating the new and we're dealing with systems that are changing very quickly mm. that, you know, it's really... It's really not just um, a philosophical value. It's a pragmatic one as well that we begin to bring in this new power system to integrate with the existing one. So I'm not suggesting we toss out the masculine power system and replace it with a feminine one, but it's really through the integration of, um, you know, kind of relatedness with rationality. (laughs) You know, you kind of, you bring together a lot of these different, um, 
uh, different qualities together, and you get a much more holistic power where you're able to um, you're able to navigate the uh, opportunities. I think for for, mm. for evolution, for development, mm. for a, a success that feels full and whole because yeah. it's connected to our deeper reason for being. So. Yeah, so, so yeah, for men and women both in the workplace and in the world, I think the people who are thriving and, you know, really leading the way are, you know, are bringing these qualities into into the culture of their workplace and their world. So this brings me to the point about how busy we are. Um, <laughs> because, you know, the... The busyness is a symptom of striving, and it is a symptom of, um, you know, wanting more, um, believing you have to do more, be more in order to be successful, and, um, you know, it's kind of, it's a symptom of, um, well, you know, having higher expectations, right? And so... That scene, striving is very much one of those masculine principles. And if you think about it from the, from the core of evolution, um, striving, going out, seeking is one of those masculine principles. Um, feminine is more the um, thoughtful, inward nurturing principle. Um, and so I hear over and over every day, not only women, men too, but women saying, oh my, I don't know if I can add one more thing to my plate, and I am so busy, and I have so much to do, and I don't even have time to sit and have a real conversation with friends because I have so much going on, whether it's, you know, being... um, you know, running a family, a household, or, uh, you know, out in the work world or running a Fortune 500 company or, you know, Fortune 1000, et cetera. Uh, you know, what, what, what do we do about that? So I think there's, that's such a great question. And I think that there's, um, I'm just trying to think because I, I have so many different answers and things I want to share in response, I'm just trying to sense into where 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 to start. Now, I think that there's definitely um, a cultural value around product versus process, mm-hmm. yeah, right? right? And particularly in America, there is a culture whereby you know I, I really noticed as an Australian, where you know we don't actually have so much a culture there of. Productivity. You know, you can be on unemployment benefits for two years, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, you need some time off." <laughs> that would never happen in America. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, and uh, because there's such a cultural value here, you know, the kind of you know Protestant work ethic is is embedded in in cultural values mm. about like you're taking mm. up space if you're not being productive. Mm. Um, and so I think a lot of people, particularly in America, feel a lot of guilt if they're not busy, if they're not producing mm. something. Mm. Um, so I think that, and uh, Ariana Huffington actually has a wonderful new book called Thrive, yes. 
where she's really addressing the third metric for success and, you know, wanting to, you know, really speaking to the need to redefine um, our cultural values around what success looks like. So I think that there's a way our busyness is driven, you know, a lot of the time by an unconscious need to feel like we're being productive, we're kind of doing things and, and kind of values of success that might not really match our deeper our deeper values. I think that's a different thing to a kind of busyness and unbridled creativity that's really lined up with our deeper creative potential. Mm. And I, I think that, you know, I think we often think that, um, you know, if we had life in balance, we'd all be kind of like everything would be peaceful and um, we'd be kind of... <laughs> meditating and we'd be breathing and like everything's in balance. But I kind of think the creative process, I've never seen the creative process really work like that. And I've never seen like... (laughs) Neither have I. (laughs) And, you know, but I I think this is important to name because I think we have a false expectation of what a balanced, Mm. connected life would look like. And I don't think it looks like peace in every moment because I think that um, I think the process of creativity, or I've certainly experienced this, is that bringing my own higher creative potentials into the world, you know, you kind of need the conditions of stress and like intensity and um, that, you know, the birth is a kind of very stressful process to the system in many ways. I've never seen really big things get Mm. created without that kind of, of tension and, and intensity and stress. But I think what you have to do is that it's if you're living a, a life that's very creative and really aligned with your own higher actualization and development, which is, I think, a different kind of stress and busyness because it's, it's a stress and busyness that's, like, really aligned to, like, the life force expressing through you, which yes. is very fulfilling where you feel very alive as opposed to you're just, you know, doing too much because you don't feel like you're valuable and you need to be accomplishing to be worthy. You know, it's, it's a different motivation. Um, but when you're, when you're creating in that way, I think then life becomes very cyclical. So you have mm. periods of intensity, of intense focused creativity, and then you have periods of rest. Mm. And that it's a cyclical process where, you know, you have intensive periods of work and creation, and you have to rest, leave the field fallow, so to speak, and step back and kind of let life slow down and then kind of like, you know, kind of come together for another burst. Mm. And, you know, that's what, I, what I've really found it kind of looks like to live in a way that's more balanced is, you know, kind of allowing that ebb and flow of intense engagement and then contraction. That makes perfect sense, and that's certainly the way I've experienced life. Um, And I think you're right. We do a disservice to people by saying, you know, balance is about the number of hours you do something during a day or just specific tasks you may or may not be engaged in on a daily basis. Um, Yeah, you know, it's a very different way of looking at it. So we not only have to shift um, some of our thinking, we have to shift some of the definitions uh, that we walk around with, like that definition that feminine was weak. (laughs) 
power. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it took all the way to 2010 to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. So we have more to talk about with Claire Zammett when we come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my special guest today, Claire Zamet. All right, Claire, so you are incredibly successful. The company that you co-founded with your husband, Craig Hamilton, is the is called Evolving Wisdom, and you are one of the fastest growing privately held companies in the nation. And what I know is that the two of you and your the rest of the people who work with you are very busy. That's what I know. Um, and you have made huge inroads. You are changing lives, and and I see in you that um, that when you talk about this and when you um, share and when you're in front of people, you light up. So that creative energy is bring bright in you. And it definitely feels like you are, from this side of the room anyway, it feels like you are truly aligned with your purpose. And I'm wondering if um, you 
have begun to have any inklings of, is there something next, or is this what I'm supposed to be doing for the rest of my life? Mm. I, think it's, I think it's a great question to always be asking ourselves and to, and to, um, and to be willing to let go of um, our comfort zone and, and look at ways that are calling us to, to grow or expand. So, you know, one of, you know, I, I, I'm really in my comfort zone as a teacher. It's something that's, mm-hmm. that's very natural for me. And I've done it for so many, um, for so long now. I started when I was very, very young that, you know, it's, it's a complete zone of comfort. So I, if I am, um, uh, you know, it's so. So then, taking something like that that I do so much, and <clears throat> moving into another form like writing a book. <laughs> right, I'm writing. I'm working right. on my first book at the moment, right. and that is a new form, <laughs> the form of teaching. <laughs> and it's been so much fun because it's been the you know the experience of going back to like being a beginner and feeling like really kind of un ungifted and untalented, like when you feel it, when you're at the beginning of something. And I was just recognizing how healthy it is to be doing things that are really outside of our comfort zone. It's it's humbled Mm -hmm. me. And, you know, I think there's a a way that, you know, I, I felt like the most growth personally happened for me through the process of, you know, taking something on that's, you know, really not my zone of mastery and, and learning how to communicate in this new form. So um, so that's really wonderful. And, you know, really working with what we've really built with Evolving Wisdom is a platform for our global learning communities to be supported. Um, my work, my husband's work, many other teachers' work, uh, so that... Um, people all over the world can come together in these virtual online communities and have a depth experience of transformation. So, you know, I definitely have a role in continuing to support that. But more and more, my primary focus is really going towards this work with women and women's leadership. And, um, you know, I, I really see the the creative potential of women and girls throughout the world is very significant in the time that we're living in. And I'm really interested in discovering, you know, really how I can be of greatest service to all women um, in this way. You know, we, one of the things that we did at Feminine Power in the last uh, year is we raised $100,000 to um, fund a girls' leadership program in Uganda. Mm. And it was really, it's been so impactful for me because... I've been really seeing how a lot of these transformational uh, education tools have have a real impact for for women and girls, you know, every, everywhere. And that what they were mm-hmm. discovering in Uganda is it wasn't enough to give girls the access to education because the culture so disempowers women and girls right. that they don't have right. the self esteem and the confidence mm-hmm. to be able to show up at school. And right. take advantage of those opportunities. And so this program, the Girl Power Project, is a really amazing Ugandan woman who leads it on the ground there, um, you know, teaches these leadership and self-esteem schools to girls and empowers them to go back to their communities and teach other girls. Mm. And they, they are 
um, developing a way now to scale this to impact a million girls in uh, Africa over the next couple of years. Um, so I'm really inspired by um, the, the, the kind of potential for education, training, development, you know, throughout the world in all of these different areas. And, you know, I think that, you know, I'm, I mean, in a lot of our conversation we had, we talked to, you know, there's still a long way to go for gender equality, even in the West, certainly throughout the world. You know, we in the West have a lot of momentum and have a lot of opportunities, but I think that, you know, uh, for, for, you know, the world will really transform for the better with a valuing of these feminine qualities and a valuing of, of you know, the feminine gender, of, of women, mm. of girls, of, you know, their voice, their perspectives, their power, their leadership, being really critical for the future of humanity. And so, you know, I'm really interested in, you know, all of the different ways that I can participate and contribute to that beyond what I've already been doing. And, um, and uh, you know, very excited about the, the platform that we've built as a, you know, as a springboard to be able to participate and, you know, bring different women and organizations and groups and develop different programs, you know, across a lot of these different areas. Um, so that's really exciting to me. Well, you're doing some wonderfully profound work in the world, Claire, and I know people are going to want to know more about you and how to involve themselves in the projects and in the learnings that you offer. How can they do that? Um, so one of the best ways is to visit femininepower.com, and you can download a free 75-minute audio uh, or sign up for one of our webinars that's coming up soon. And um, we'll give you in that 75-minute webinar a real overview of what feminine power is and how you can begin to activate it and create with it. If you're interested in going deeper with us, um, we have a seven-week online course where we take you through the whole process of awakening feminine power in uh, a virtual online community with other women from around the world. It's amazing. We normally have women from more than 100 countries participating and being part of small groups. It's it's incredible the kind of uh, container that that creates. And um, and so if you just register at femininepower.com, you'll get all of the information about that. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Feminine Power on Facebook, and Facebook's probably the best place to connect with me personally. If you just look under Claire Zanet, you'll see my uh, my community page on Facebook, and I oh I I get I get messages <laughs> on <laughs> if you post. I will see I will see yeah. what you write if you post yeah. on Facebook. I'm very active there. It's a great way to connect, and uh, and yeah. Well, and, the- Great. This is fabulous. I know people will connect with you because what you're doing is really important work in the world. Claire, thanks for being here today, and we will have you back when you're completed with your book, and we can learn more. We can learn what you've learned through your writing. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. And it's just just an absolute joy to be here with you and with your community, and uh, I really appreciate the, the space for dialogue that you're creating and your leadership in the world and uh, what that means. So 
Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And remember, everyone, to think big. The world can be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.